It's a new day. Let's go. Hey there, wonderful people. Thank you so much for tuning into the Action Youth and Young Adults podcast. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will not only bless your hearts but change your lives for the better. So go on, grab your notebooks and your pens, your phones or your tablets, and take notes as the Holy Spirit drops keys into your spirit through his servant. Enjoy. Please give the Lord a hand and take your seats. So, it's, an, it's a very big error for you to come to church. Day in there. By the way, you are looking very nice this morning. I mean, Reggie, your outfit is very fantastic, amazing. It's not very powerful for you to come to church day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, and your life is still the same. There's a problem. Anybody who has been paying attention to the messages since we started, you can see that your life is moving like this. One of the main signs of the word of God in your life is joy. Where is Blissford? I mean, oh wow, he's, he's, he's still in the mood. Amazing. One of the main signs that God is working in your life is that you always have joy. Joy is the thing that gives us strength. As Christians. And joy is a choice. It's an activation. You choose to activate it in your spirit. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But everything by prayer. Philippians 4 verse 6. With supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. When you receive the word like this and anxiety is trying to overtake you because you are expecting something and it's not coming or you've been praying about something for a while and it's not, it doesn't look like it's working. What you have to actually tell yourself is that the Bible says I should not be anxious for anything. And so because of that, I will not be anxious. It's a choice you make. Many of the things that we hear in the word of God are things we have to do. So the Bible says, be not hearers only, but be doers also. When you hear the word, you have to actually do it. It doesn't come automatically. It doesn't just happen. You have to apply yourself. That is how you merit the rewards that come. Because in this kingdom... Many of the things, in fact, the whole kingdom of God is built on a system of reward. And so last week we began looking at the presence of God. And we found out that the presence of God is um, the advantage, the main advantage of a believer. Please be on A flat for me, okay? Right. The main advantage of any believer is the presence of God, the divine presence of God. When you have the presence of God, there is a clear distinction and difference between you and the next person. There is always a difference. 
Malachi chapter 3 verse 18 says that you shall come and observe and see the difference between him that serves God and him that serves him not. There is always a difference between someone who serves God and someone who doesn't serve God. There's always a difference between someone who has the presence of God and someone who does not have the presence of God. Don't deceive yourself into thinking in spite of the fact that you don't have the results of someone who obviously has the presence of God, you still have it. Always be honest with yourself. Be true to yourself. When you don't have the presence of God, it will show. And it shows in your results. And so we began looking at people in the Bible who actually had the presence of God. And you can see it was very obvious in the way they behaved. And so we we saw um, in Genesis 39, the Bible says that God was with Joseph. And because of that, he was a prosperous man. Meanwhile, the guy was a slave in his master's house. Prosperity is directly linked to the presence of God in your life. And it doesn't really have to do with money. It doesn't have to do with what you have. It's a spirit that works through everything that you do. Eventually, it will will translate into substance. But primarily, it is not substance. It's a spirit. When you don't have the spirit of prosperity with you, you see that you toil. The Bible says it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow. That word sorrow, there is the word um, toil, labor. Like the Bible says that I will increase your pains in labor to the woman. It's the same word, labor. Like you will struggle before you, you hustling. Hustling is not a divine concept. Hustling. It's a very, I don't know how it even entered into the minds of Christians to think that hustling is something, anything to aspire to. It's like Charlie Hustle, Charlie Hustle. We don't hustle over here. In this kingdom, we don't hustle. If you're hustling, there's something wrong. I don't know anybody who had the presence of God and was hustling. The Bible says that David had the presence of God and Saul was afraid of him. How is a king afraid of a boy? What emanates from the boy to make the king intimidated? The presence of God. Acts 10.38, very popular scripture. How Jesus Christ was anointed with the Holy Ghost and his power. And he went, Acts 10.38, and he went about doing good healing the sick and delivering them that were oppressed of the devil. Why? God was with him. And so, God being with Jesus is the thing that accounted for his success. And Jesus always acknowledged his father's presence. You see, when you live in the presence of God, and when the presence of God is something that you are conscious of, you behave in a certain way. You see that you become prayerful. What, what is prayer? What is prayer? Communicating to God. When you're always aware of the presence of God in your life, you always talk to him. You become a prayerful person. Most prayerful people are very quiet people. They don't talk much. They don't say a lot. It doesn't mean when you're talkative, you are not prayerful. But also, if you're prayerful, why are you talkative? Or you don't understand my, what I'm saying? you can be talkative, no problem. But I'm saying that most prayerful people, in fact, I've never seen a prayerful person that is talkative before. 
especially when they are at home. They are always in the room, you know, talking to God, talking to God the whole time. Because the thing is nice. You understand what I'm saying? And when you don't understand the value of a thing, pursuing it becomes very laborious. When you don't understand the value of anything, when you are doing it, I say, Juma. Many people see school as work. It's like, ish. Why must I do all these things? You don't understand the value until now you think it is such hard work. When you understand the value of the presence of God, you pursue it and you pursue it with joy. You pursue it with purpose, with meaning. Amen. And so we saw that last week, we said there are dimensions to the presence of God. When we say the presence of God, it's not just like that. There are dimensions to this thing. There are three different dimensions of the presence of God. The first dimension we said was what? Ella, what, what was it? You were in church last week. What's the first dimension? Omnipresence. Which means God is everywhere. God is everywhere. You don't have to invoke his presence anywhere. The, David said, even if I make my bed in hell, you are there. God is everywhere. Anywhere there's life, there's God. God is the sustainer of all things. God is everywhere. And what's the second dimension of his presence? Emmanuel. God with us. Naturally, when we meet like this, we don't have to invoke his presence. He, the Bible says, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. You don't even have to talk. He's already there. But the third dimension, the Shekinah, that one is a reward. You have to obey very specific patterns for the Shekinah to appear in your life. Because the things that make for success in this kingdom are defined. Knowing God is an endless adventure, you can never fully come to a, like you know God. But knowing the provisions that God has made for your existence, sustenance, and excellence in this life on this earth, it's a definite body of knowledge that you can actually pursue and attain. You can actually get, you can actually come to a full understanding of the things that can make for your successful living on this earth. And there are definite patterns. And you don't even have to be a Christian to activate these things. An atheist can follow the patterns which make for a peaceful marriage. And they will have a very peaceful marriage. It has nothing to do with, you know, whether you are a Christian or not. There is a definite part. You don't have to be a believer to um, access certain spiritual mysteries. All it takes is knowledge. And so 2 Peter 1.3 says that, God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness according to his divine power and all these things are wrapped up in knowledge through the knowledge. So the power is already available. What you need to do is to know how to access the power. How? And this is not for pastors. It's for everyone. Look at it. It's for everybody. There is a definite pattern that makes for wisdom. There's a definite pattern that makes for wealth. There's a definite pattern that makes for upliftment. There's a definite pattern that makes for church growth, for the anointing. These things, there are definite patterns that you can follow and come to the same conclusion. So when you are praying to become like a man of God, somebody you admire, don't just pray for the anointing. Pray for their hunger. The pursuit, the hunger that they had, the knowledge, what they know is what makes them who they are. And you can never rise above what you know never. 
So God told Moses, build me a tabernacle so that I would dwell in the midst of the people. And he showed him exactly how he should do it. Don't come. You know, your creativity is not needed when you are coming to relate to God on a relational level. Like you want to be with God on a relational level. Your creativity is not needed. There is a pattern. Go by it. So Exodus 20, 25 says, if you want to build me an altar made of stone, don't build it with hewn stone. Don't build it with stones that have been cut. Don't, don't, don't design the stone. Because very soon you begin to think that it is your designs that is making the thing work. Accessing the presence of God is not about singing slow songs, you see. You see, there's a thing, there's something about singing slow songs. That makes it very, very, you know, you begin to feel a certain, oh, bravo, Jesus, yay, yay, yay. They say you're feeling some way. That is not, that is not how to access the presence of God. It's not in fast songs either. The presence of God cannot be gotten through tricks. There is something you have to know. And it is definite steps. So we started talking about the first step. Is that not it? We got there and then the time was up so we had to stop. And we said the first step was what? I can't hear you. The first step is what? Death. Step number one, you have to die. You have to die. And when we say you have to die, it doesn't mean your life has to finish. What it means is that everything else in your life has to come down. Everything in your life has to be dethroned for God to be enthroned. Jeremiah 29 verse 13, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. All your heart. Not some of your heart. You see, God, when we say you have the presence of God, right? It means God is with you. But also nobody ever comes without being called. People don't just come. People are called before they come. But if you are going to call somebody for them to come, number one, they should hear you. They shouldn't be deaf. And number two, their heart should be with you. They should agree. They should consent to coming. Because sometimes you call someone, you are shouting their name. They don't want to mind you, but they can't hear what you are saying. I mean, you have an earpiece in your ear and you are walking on the street. Jifa. And I'm calling you. Jifa, 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 Jifa. It's not that you don't want to mind me or you don't want to come, but you are, you, your ear is somewhere, your mind is somewhere, you are listening to something else. So you should have the person's attention, number one. Number two, you should have the person's consent. Because sometimes, I've heard you calling me, but me and you are not like that. So I will not mind you. I won't come. Here we have a God whose eyes and heart is with us already. And all you have to do is to call him. You will hear to you that answers prayer, to you shall all flesh come. Jane, I can. He will hear. But God doesn't come. His presence is everywhere, but his manifest presence is not cheap. Many of us are suffering in relationships because we are in a relationship where it's like, we want to be there, but the other person is not interested in us being there. You are in a relationship alone. Because the person is not very interested in your presence. You don't understand what I'm saying. God doesn't like to waste his time. And he will not come to a person whose heart is not ready for him. 
God will never pour into just any vessel. Never. He will pour only into vessels that are ready. Only into vessels that are ready. So God prepare to be sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary for you God prepare me God along with everything that represents him. God is wisdom. God is knowledge. God is love. God is power. God is riches. God is blessing. Everything that comes with him comes along when he comes to you. So when you have the presence of God, you see that your prayer topics change. You don't pray for things anymore. All you want is more and 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 more of him. You want him to show you different things about his character. You are no more interested in his works. You are interested now in his ways. Exodus 33 verse 13, the Bible says that Moses was overwhelmed with the people and he came to God and he said, can you show me your ways? How can I deal with these people? Verse 14. 33, not 23, 33, 33, verse 14. Look at it. He says, my answer, my response to you is this. I will give you my presence. The presence of God is what will give you rest. It's the thing that will make you stop struggling and asking for things and seeking him without end. The presence of God. The Bible says in um, um, Daniel chapter 3 verse 25 the three Hebrew boys were in the fire and God did not take them out of the fire. He came to be with them in the fire. The presence of God with you in situations is deliverance. He doesn't have to take you out. We said this last week. Isaiah 43 says that even when you walk in the fire I will be with you. I will be with you. That is a form of deliverance. That is a form of deliverance. There are certain things you have to go through. There are adversities that you have to go through. There are things that you have to experience to build you. It is not to kill you. Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans of peace, not of evil. Plans to bring you to an expected end. There are things that you have to go through. But at the same time,
time, if you fall in a day of adversity, then your strength is small. What you actually need is the presence of God because the presence of God is strength. The presence of God is power. The presence of God is comfort. Maybe he will not take you out, but he will be with you and he will go through with you and he will walk with you every step of the way and you will never fall. You will never fall. You will never die. Nothing will happen to you. You don't have to come out of the situation every time. Sometimes all you need is for God to be with you inside the situation because there is something that fire does. Fire purifies. The Bible says, Beloved, rejoice when you fall into all manner of diverse trials because that thing works patience in you. It builds patience. So when you are somebody who is afraid of trials, you are somebody who is afraid of temptation, you are somebody who is afraid of mountains, I don't know of any great person who has ever been mentioned without mentioning the very thing that you overcame because greatness is measured by how many giants you have slain and the bigness and the greatness of the giants you have slain because when you haven't done anything we can't look to you and we can't follow you the reason we like Jesus and the reason we follow Jesus the Bible says is that he humbled himself to death even death on a cross and he was whooped and he was put on his head a crown of thorns he went through it he went through it he, he came down and went through it he humbled himself and the Bible says for this reason Philippians 3 verse 8 God has exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name and so sometimes what you need to do is to go through what you are going through because at the end of it is a crown it's a crown that is a reward it's not something you can get without going through the thing that you are going through you understand what I'm saying sometimes we, we get so used to comfort we get too used to being at peace not every turbulence means God has left some turbulence means you are being shaken. You are being prepared. You are being purified. So you need to have the presence of God. The presence of God is the peace that makes you settle even in the midst of a storm. You are, you are in prison and you are singing hymns. You are singing psalms because you are assured. You know, Matthew 10, 38, Jesus says, don't be afraid of those people who can kill just your flesh. But be afraid of God who can kill both your flesh and your soul in the fire of hell. And so when people come to you and they do things to you, because you are assured of the presence of God and the tangible manifestations you have seen with your eyes, you don't fret. So all the time you are calm, you have joy. And so that scripture becomes life to you. That the joy of the Lord is our strength. You never give up. Some things are just trials. But the reason you are afraid is that you don't have the presence of God. Today, we want to look at something very simple. When the presence of God comes into your life, there is something that he brings along that changes how you see things and changes how you work. When I received the sermon notes this morning, or it was yesterday, I, I asked Rev that, hey, but what this thing is this? I don't see how this ties into what we are doing. But when I was praying, and it came, I said shouting in the room, hey, can you take 20 seconds to speak in tongues? 
says in 1 John 1 5, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Light represents knowledge, illumination, revelation. You know, many times when we are measuring things, there are principal measures and there are sub-measures. One of the principal measures is heat. There's no such thing as cold, like something is cold. It means the heat inside is low, that's all. When there's no heat, then there's cold. You see, so you can't say cold is not really a measure. Cold is a measure of heat. You understand what I'm saying? Darkness is not really a measure. Darkness is a measure of light. When there's no light, then we say there's darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so you don't really need to invite demons in your life. All you need to do is to take away the light of God. The demons will come. So one of the ways to um, exorcise darkness is to just simply turn on light. You are sorted. And so there are many things that you can be delivered from by simply knowing, knowing that do Christians need deliverance? Yes and no. Christians cannot be possessed by demons. Never. Because the Bible says he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Anything that can't, that can't happen to God can't happen to you once you enter into Christianity, once you become born again. Certain things can never happen to you again. One of such things is being possessed by demons. You can't ever be possessed by demons. But you can be oppressed. Demons can worry you. And what demons thrive on? Demons thrive on three things. They come by covenant, by ignorance, and by works of the flesh. These are how demons are introduced into your life. Demons can come into your life because they have a legal right to be there. That's what a covenant means. A covenant is an agreement between two people ratified by blood. So when we are praying, and we are praying against ancestral altars and covenants that were in place before you were born, we are not crazy. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you don't cast out covenants. You can't say, I cast it out. I cast. You don't cast out covenants. You either superimpose a higher covenant or you appease it and let it go away. You, you, you make another sacrifice in place of the first one that you did. You don't cast out covenants. What, for instance, let me give you an example. This is, this is my phone. Right. It's, it's a phone that I like. Yes. Nadia, I say it's a phone that I like. You can't do me anything. If I put this phone here, right, and I say, Nadia should come and take the phone. Or maybe, let me use a, a different one. If I put a, my phone here, right, and somebody is trying to take this phone, the, the person doesn't own the phone. And the person sees me coming because the person wants to steal it. The person sees me coming. What do you think the person will do? The person will leave. The person will run away. 
But if, let's say, Nade, who is close to me, has given Mandy money and has claimed that this phone belongs to her, and Mandy has paid money to Nade, thinking that the phone belongs to Nade, and Mandy is coming to take the phone, and Mandy sees me coming, do you honestly think Mandy will run away? Never. Because there is legal occupancy. So there is something such as legal captives. Your father's 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 father was going to war and wanted to win and told Amadi Oha that give me victory in this thing that I'm going to do. And put blood on the altar. And Amadi Oha asked, what do I get in return? And all the time, notice, the devil and God is never about wealth or anything. It's all about souls. So your, your father's, 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 father said that we will serve you forever. And here you are in the 30th generation after that thing. You don't know anything about it. And Amadio has thing is that he eats babies. So you've been having miscarriages and having miscarriages and having miscarriages and you don't even understand why you are suffering that suffering. But Amadio has the right to be in your life. Legal occupancy. So the Bible says that a man will guard his goods but when a stronger man comes, will tie him up. You understand? When demons come into your life, sometimes it's because of covenants you or somebody related to you or somebody connected to you have entered. So you have to watch the things you do. Number two, ignorance. There are things you do that you don't know that this one, it gives access to darkness. Like, when you are horny, you just sleep with someone. You just satisfy your flesh. Shale, I want to have sex, so you have sex. That thing... So, so far in your life, you are 24. Eh? You started having sex when you were 18. And now you are 24. And when, when we start counting the number of girls or the number of boys you've slept with, there are about 24 billion. Only you. I mean, don't, don't, look, don't make your face. I had a friend, right? I was talking to him and then he, he told me that he has done well. He's done really well. And I said, why? Well, he said, oh, well, this year, he hasn't had sex with more than three people. And I said, wow, that's, that's a really good achievement. But why do you think it's so powerful? He said he has slept in his life. He has slept with 200 girls. And I said, you are a liar. It's not possible. He said, okay, let's break it down. I said, let's, Yanko, in a month, the work that he does allows him to you know, have access to girls and money. So in a month, he sleeps with at least four girls. One a week. I find the pills. Who show me Four girls a week. And he started having sex when he was 18. And he's been consistent because his mother and his father didn't really look after him. So he moved out early. He's been on his own since he was very young. So he's lived on his own. Uh, and right now, he's like 30-ish, thereabouts. He's an older friend. You understand what I'm saying? We, 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 he's an older friend. I just want to clear the air before you start thinking things. I'm 17 going on 18. So, 
let's just make the <laughs> so calculate 12 years of having sex with four girls sometimes it's more sometimes it's less but on the average you calculate and see 12 years of having sex with at least four girls per month and say 200 crimes what is what is so 200 what is and such a person is praying for I don't know marriage it's a game in your eye you will not oh, marry so one of the things you should do eh, is be chatting with your parents and be asking them questions all the time and you should also be observant because sometimes you notice that your mother is going through a particular problem your grandmother went through the same problem your great grandmother went through the same problem. It should, it should, it should concern you. Are you done as I'm saying? Yes. And we said the third way that demons come is how? How? Yes. There are certain behaviors that you see when you um so basically disobedience, right? We all get angry, but you know, even when you don't get angry, you are angry. It's demonic. There is a line that when you cross, it's no more physical. I mean, we can go to a party and say, oh man, I had a hangover, you know. I had like four shots of tequila. And, you know, we can talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And, you know, that's it. It's like, oh man, I'm not going to get that drunk again. But for you, even if you don't want to get drunk, like in the morning when you wake up, it's done, done. That's on your mind. You're thinking of whiskey in the morning. When you go to your friend's house, you are asking for origin eight. So, can I serve you water? I, know, I don't know if you had London dry gin or something that can. Oh, there are many of us here who are struggling with alcoholism and I'm not joking about it. It starts with just this simple acts of disobedience. Then you cross the line and that's it. it. You know, look, we have all watched pornography before, but it's like, you know, you are enslaved to the thing. It's like, even when you don't, when you are there, you know, then you are itching. It's like, you just pick the thing and then you press. You just enter the website. I recently saw the top 10 websites that are visited by Ghanaians and I saw that I think there were two porn sites in it. It's like, we like it. We like, we love it. When it happens like that, I see that demons have entered the thing. Oppression has entered the thing. So today, I'm sharing with you one key. You see, first of all, when the presence of God comes into your life, it's his light. So that light enters your life and the demons go away. But it doesn't, it doesn't, they just, they just don't get up and go. God, the light is knowledge. So God informs you how you can deal with it such that they go away. So you see that when it comes to the issue of deliverance, Christians are at a very big advantage. Because when you have the presence of God, you have knowledge. The presence of God is in his word though. You can't, you can't sustain the presence of God without spending a lot of time in his word. Today, I want to talk to you about one of the gifts that God has given. It's a gift that comes along with his presence. Eh? I'll take a little more time. I'll take like maybe 10 more minutes to explain it to you and then we pray and we close. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 to 11 is our key text. But before we go there, before we go there, open to 
First Corinthians again. But go to chapter 2. Let's read from verse 12. Hmm. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but we have re received the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. There are things that God has freely given to us. Romans chapter 4 verse 4 says that when you work for something, the thing that you get after you work, give me Romans 4 for amplified, right? That one is clearer. It says when you work, now to a laborer, his wages are not counted as a favor or a gift, but as an obligation, something that is owed to him. When God comes to your life, he comes along with gifts. What does that mean? Things that you don't work for. You don't have to work for it. In Tina, it says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no, no tiredness. No, you don't struggle. He, he guides you. Do this. Go here. Come here. Go here. The, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, you see. And the path of the righteous is as a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter to a perfect day. God just directs you and you are moving. You see that the world is like a big dark room. There's gold here, diamond here, there's a snake here, there's, you know, there are frogs and squishy toads here, then there are cockroaches here. So when you have the light of God, Jesus said, I am the light of God the world. He who has me will have the light of life. When you have the light of life, the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So God tells you, jump here. You see that you have, you have come across wealth. Go there. You've come across prosperity. Come here. The light guides you. It guides you. It guides you. It guides you. Like that. That's the, that's the importance of having the presence of God through the word of God. Right? Now, one of the gifts Let's go through some of the gifts that God has given us to make for our existence and our excellence in this life. Okay, the Bible says that God has given us some gifts freely. And these gifts we have to access because these are gifts that will help us in our work with him and our triumph in this life. Go to the first Corinthians, the first one that we said, chapter 12, start from verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. Verse 8. For unto one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom. Take note. The spirit of the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Verse 8. To another faith by the same spirit. So you see there's a faith that comes when you listen to the word of God. And there's a faith that comes as a gift. It's different. There's a certain faith that comes upon you. That makes you do certain exploits. Now to go to a dead person's house and to attempt to raise the person from the dead, it takes a certain kind of faith. I told you that last week one of my friends called me and said, my brother is dead. And I thought he was joking. And he said, no, he's with me now. I'm taking him to the mortuary. And I was wondering why he would call me to give me such information that he's taking the boy to the mortuary. He said, I didn't call mortuary. I was then I said, yo, Charlie, I'm praying with you. And he said, uh, oh, okay, 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 okay. And he hung up. So when I was coming, I was praying. I said, ah, but if somebody's dead, maybe God was, it was a message. It was a message. Go and raise the boy. Because the guy had some kind of 
Your brother is dead and the first thing you do is to call your pastor. Hey. See, I missed it. I'm looking at me. So I miss it sometimes, you see. Messy, all of us. We miss it sometimes. There is a gift of faith. It's like it comes on you and you want to do things. Jesus was speaking to um, the disciples in Mark 11 and he said, have the faith of God. There's a faith that comes to you. It comes upon you and then you start doing things. It's a, it's a gift, right? It's different from the faith that comes by hearing and hearing. Romans 10, 17. Like, let's keep going. Um, to another, the gift of healing by the same spirit. Verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. Healing and miracles are not the same. Healing has to do with, you know, correcting a damaged situation. Miracles has to do with introducing new things, bypassing some of the natural laws to produce new things. Hmm. To another prophecy. What is prophecy? Declaring the relevant word of the Lord to a person in a particular situation. Right? To another descending of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But all this work that one and the self same spirit divided into every man's villas, will go to the last verse of this. I think it's verse 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts. Make sure that you pursue and you get the best gifts. The word covet earnestly is the word zilo, like to burn with zeal. Desire the best gifts. You can have all of these gifts. Use it in here. All of it. You can have all. Because these gifts help you in your walk with God and make you extraordinary. And when you categorize these gifts, you see that some of them are revelational. Some of them are creative. The revelational gift is what I want to dwell on today. They are revelational gifts. Of all the gifts that were listed there, there are three that are revelational. The spirit of the descending of spirits, the gift of the descending of spirit, the gift of wisdom, word of wisdom, and the gift of the word of knowledge. These are revelational gifts. What does this mean? When you have these gifts, they reveal unto you some aspects of God that will help you make your life easier. What is the gift of the word of knowledge? The gift of the word of knowledge is the gift that gives you access to a dimensional fraction of the total knowledge of God. Revealed to the saints to advance a particular purpose. You can write it down. The gift of the word of knowledge is access given to a fraction of the total knowledge of God revealed to the saints to advance a particular purpose. Look, accurate knowledge is the basis of spiritual precision. When you have knowledge, you don't do trial and error. When you want to make soakings, you don't go go and buy maggi, um, curry powder. You have your water, you have your gari, but, you know, you have a little curry, a little maggi, a little black pepper, um, eggs, maybe. Um, and maybe you have some sausages. Let's, you know, some, when you don't have money, it makes you do things, concoctions. 
that's different. You become very creative. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about um, you don't know what to pick. There are some people, there's somebody in this room whose name starts with J. J. There are many people whose name. There's Jessica, there's Jeremiah, there's, there's also Joseph, and there's Jason also. There's Joy, and there's Jason. Yes. I haven't mentioned the person's. I said that the person's name starts with J. That person cannot cook to save his own life. If we put the person in a kitchen now and say, make meat pie. By the time you come, he has take he has taken rice and he's you know stirring it in a bowl with maybe some water and I and maybe mayonnaise or something like he's stirring it. Yes. Amazing. When when you have the gifts of the word of knowledge. What it does is that it gives you um, the way to walk in precision. You don't do trial and error. And there are benefits of this thing. Let me just go through maybe three benefits then we go. For instance, number one, the word of knowledge helps you in evangelism. Maybe when I do it this way, you understand. The word of God, the word of the gift of the word of knowledge helps you in evangelism. The Bible says in John 1 45 that Jesus met a guy called Nathaniel. Right? John 1 45. Right. And Jesus was speaking to Nathaniel. And Jesus said that in, in verse 48 or verse 49, one of them. When you were under the tree, I saw you. And immediately Nathaniel said, Ha, you are the Son of God. Why? Did Nathaniel believe so quickly? Because Jesus had said, I saw you when you were under the tree. When you have the gift of the word of knowledge, what it does is that it is the spirit of God dropping into you information about someone or something to make that person realize the presence of God that is walking and working with you. When you go to win Muslims, you don't argue with them. You need a demonstration of power to make them understand that God is really with you. One of the things that helps is the gift of the word of knowledge. Today you may not really understand. Next week we'll go into it proper, okay? You need the gift of the word of knowledge because it is a tool for spiritual warfare and intercession also. Romans 8 verse 26 we do not know how to pray and what to pray as we ought to. But the Spirit of God makes intercession through us. With, in, with groanings which cannot be uttered. When you are praying and you are speaking in tongues especially, what it does is that the Spirit of God stirs you up and many times it drops a prayer point in your heart. This week I was praying in my room. On Wednesday, I had a day of prayer. So my, the whole day I was praying, the whole day. And somewhere around, I wrote it down. I think it was around 3 p.m. Yeah. 3.25 p.m. in the afternoon. I saw a man with blood-stained lips and strange kind of teeth. I don't know how to. The teeth were triangular. A lot of teeth. And the man was smiling. And then I immediately saw what the problem was. I was praying concerning a particular situation. When I saw that thing, I knew how to pray. 
because I was dealing with a blood-tested demon, you see. When you're dealing with a blood-tested demon, there's a way you should pray. How did I come to that knowledge? I was speaking in tongues. The word of knowledge sort of drops light into your spirit for you to know where to pass. The word of knowledge releases strategic information for you to allow for clear direction. So you can simply put and say, the word of knowledge gives you clear direction by giving you strategic information. Many times, before I study, I'll be speaking in tongues. And I'll hear the Spirit say, solve past questions. Then I'll put all the plenty books away and I'll go and hunt for past questions. And you see that the past question has come and they didn't even change full stop. It's happened to me too many times than I can remember. So it always looks as if I'm so smart. But you see, exams doesn't really favor those who know a lot. Exam favors those who are able to answer the questions over there. I don't know if you've noticed, but there are some people that when you outside the exam room, when you ask them things, they can tell you and give you details. But when the exam always comes, they are in the middle. They don't really fly. They have B's and C's. They never get A's. But there are some people too, they, are, they don't look like much. But you see, no, A, 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 because like, they know how to study for exams. So why is like that? So why? So I will never learn. So I will sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep. But he will pass the exam. You'll be surprised. And he chooses the lectures that he wants to go. I'll go for this one. I won't go for this one. He would rather come for Wednesday service and he will pass his exam. Then you that you've been going, going, going. And they'll come to him for explanation and he'll be laughing. You know, because he doesn't know. <laughs> Amazing. When you have the gift of the word of knowledge, that's what it does for you. So you see that there is something you need to add to your business. There is something you need to add to the products that you have. There's so below that you are selling. There's a strategy that you need to market the thing. When you pray and you receive the gift of the word of knowledge, there's a strategy God can give you. Drop in your spirit. Go. When you apply it, you see, that's it. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 3 says that some things are revealed. There are are mysteries. They are revealed. They don't teach. You can't teach them in school. You can't learn them. Please be on your feet. Today, I want us to pray. Next week, God willing, I'll teach you how the word of knowledge works. And we'll probably demonstrate it here. We'll, we'll do it here now. We'll demonstrate it here. You walk by someone. One day, I think I was with Afro. We were walking at the mall. And then I walked by a girl. And then I, I saw that the girl was depressed. There was a something like a uh, like a dark cloud. It's not really like, it's like a blanket, really. But it's like a blanket that's moving. I don't know how to, it's like a, a cloud, but it's a blanket. I don't, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like the fog, yes, fog, but it's, it's thicker, and it's, it's more material. Yes, so when she passed, you see that it's, it's dragging on the floor like that, yes. Yes. Like, like a gown or something, but it, it, what? A shroud. Hey, Charlie Brofuno. Amazing. A shroud. Don't mention my school before I, I 
And so I stopped and I turned. And Afro said, why? You know, I'm, I don't know her from anywhere. But I felt like this girl needs someone to talk to. She, she, somebody needs to talk to her immediately because it's like she's considering ending it. These are not things that come by luck. These are things that come as a result of a certain gift that is activated in you. Right? And these are gifts that you have access to. The Bible says there are things that are freely given unto you. Don't be so wowed. Don't be so... Don't feel so amazed. It's something you can have. Many times you've been praying and you've heard in your spirit, pray for Vivian or pray for Akwesi. That's the spirit of the word of knowledge there. But the reason why you don't do it habitually is that you don't know how it came. So you can't repeat it. There's a certain type of jollof you make. You, you cook one day and it's so nice. But when we give you the opportunities to cook that same thing again, so yeah, you are firm because you don't know how it turned out like that. It is by luck. You've forgotten what you put inside. That's why we need caterers in our lives. That, you know, Eliona and Go, they help us. Because we know what to expect from them, you see. The reason why you can't really operate in it is because you don't know how it, it comes. It comes by asking. Let's ask for it. Desire it and ask for it. Finish. And study along those lines. You see that you get it. The first thing we are praying for is we are praying for the gift of the word of knowledge. We were here and people received the Holy Spirit and they started speaking in strange languages. We're here. So it's not something that is impossible. You can get it. And I'm trying to, the reason why I gave you advantages is before I've even thought on the word of, I've, I haven't said anything about the word of knowledge. Do you know what it is? Not much. But you know what it does. The reason why I did that is for you to know that it's an advantage, okay? When you have it, it helps you. It helps you even with your prayer. Some of you are praying too much about the same thing. When you have a word of knowledge about it, you know how to pray. Come on, close your eyes and begin to ask God for the gift of the word of knowledge. Father, I want to be able to hear from you the gift of the word of knowledge. How do I approach this situation? What do I do? have to open your mouth come on open your mouth and ask say father I need this gift in my life how do I get it I need to know what to do what do I 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 do Hear me. Open your eyes. See, these things, eh, they make you, they make you an, an enigma. One day I was chatting with somebody here. Somebody who is a member of this church. And we we're talking about an issue that she had at the time. And I said, ask your mother. Your mother experienced this thing. And I gave her some one or two pointers what the mother was about to do. And she said, Why? I said, you ask her. She said, oh, she had told me about something like that before. But I was very, very little. That that thing happened when I was very, very little. It sounds like, when you are speaking, it sounds like thoughts. She asked me, how did I know? How did I know the particular thing I said? Do you know, do you understand what I'm saying? 
it comes, it, it occurs to you as a thought. It's like, um, it's like you are imagining things. Yes. It's almost as if you are there in the place. You can see the person here. Sometimes the devil takes advantage of this and he will, he will mix it up with voices. Then you he will stop it. So God is speaking all right. But then your spirit is too thick. It's not light enough to receive. And you are full of doubt. Now pray and deal with the spirit of doubt. That when you hear, you'll be able to decipher and know that this is God. This is God. This is God. That you will not feel, you will not feel like this is not God. I mean, this is my mind. Pray against the spirit of doubt. Deal with the spirit of doubt. These are pointers. When you go home, you should pray more. The spirit of doubt, 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 doubt. Doubting the voice of God. Doubting, doubting that what you've heard is the voice of God. The spirit of doubt, doubt. Doubt. You are becoming a prophet. You are becoming a prophetess. Come on, open your mouth and pray. Father, I need to hear your voice. And when I hear your voice, I need to know that this is you. First Kings 19, and there was a still small voice. And Elijah knew immediately this is God. God was not in the fire. God was not in the lightning. God was not in the earthquake. God was not in a shake. But he was in a still small voice. How did he know? How did he know? There is intuition. But when it comes, you have doubts. You doubt. You doubt. You don't believe that this is God. Father, we kill that spirit. The spirit that shrouds your voice. The spirit that drowns your voice. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you for tuning in to today's message. We hope that you have been filled with a fire that fuels your week and a word that erases your doubts and improves your Christian walk with God. We love you so much and we are always here to support. So if you'd like to connect with us, you can do so by following us on Instagram and on Facebook with the handle at ActionYoungAdults. We would be very excited to have you join our amazing family. Until next time, we are Aya. We love to have you and it's always a new day with us. God bless you.